welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 81. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary back. Going to be hanging out with you for this episode and of course we are going to get into the Shaq Lawson trade we'll get into some reaction from the preseason some final takeaways and your voicemails but before all of that attention gamblers of all shapes and sizes our friends at Manscaped have a can't miss bet for you today the leaders in male grooming just launched their fourth generation performance package the betting odds are in your favor when you use the lawnmower 4.0 Across the board, this is the package to get you in the mood for whatever your gambling heart desires. Ready to take the leap to male grooming royalty? Two million men have already. Join the Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping using my promo code JETS20. That is J-E-T-S 20 for 20% off and free shipping on anything on the site. So now that we got that out of the way, let's jump into today's episode. So before I get into the trade talk, I'm going to talk about some final preseason notes for me. And I have a few things. It's not everything from the preseason, but these are just some of my takeaways. The first is with Zach Wilson in the two games, six drives that he had in the preseason. You could not ask for too much more. I thought he was relatively conservative, but confident in his first outing against the Giants and looked relatively good. And then in the second one, he really shined. YPA went up. Uh, He was taking some shots through for a couple of touchdowns to Tyler Croft. I was very impressed with what I saw in the second go around. So overall through two games and I know I think the, the rain and weather had a lot to do with him not playing and the starters not playing in week three of the preseason. To me, I think, again, you could not have asked him to do anything else. What more could you possibly have wanted to see from him? Uh, I thought he had just about as good of a preseason as you can, and he's going to be ready to go for week one against the Carolina Panthers in just a couple of weeks here. As for the running backs, to me, it looks like Ty Johnson is the lead back for this Jets team at the moment. I think he has the most juice whenever he touches the ball. I would like to see more Johnson and Carter at the, as like a one-two punch kind of a deal. Um, as for Tevin Coleman, I don't know how much he has left in the tank. And then my last running back take that I wanted to share with you, Josh Adams should make this team over LaMichael Pirine. I'm sorry. I know he probably won't because Pirine was a draft pick last year and Josh Adams was you know, a cheap find that they had, but Adams is the better runner. We, we saw it all preseason long, even last year. We saw it. So this is not a new concept here. Um, it's not to say that LaMichael can't be like a third running back or fourth running back on, on teams, but... When you have four running backs who are better on your roster, why are you going to keep the player that was not nearly as effective? I don't know. Adam's a bigger body guy. I think that would be – everyone talks about LaMichael Pirine being that bruising back. I don't see him as a bruiser. I I see him as someone who's a little bit of an in-between. He's kind of like a jack-of-all-trades, master-and-none kind of a thing. I don't think there's like one thing that he really excels at. Maybe pass blocking where – Every time Adam t- Adams touches the ball, he makes a play. So I, I would really prefer to keep Josh Adams over P. Ryan, but I don't think that's going to happen. 
I've also gotten the feel that Corey Davis is going to be the third down guy, and I'm okay with that. Corey Davis has really established himself as a reliable target for Zach Wilson. Uh, he's been very good against contested catches for a very long time, That, or I guess getting contested catches for a very long time. Just a sure receiver, someone who you throw the ball and you're confident that he's going to go up and get it and make a play. So I, I'm, I can't wait to see what he does in this offense. I think he's going to be a really good player for this Jets team this year. Josh Johnson, did he show you enough in one preseason game to be quarterback two? I don't know about that. I definitely would prefer keeping him around over someone like James Morgan. I think he is much more comfortable. Um, obviously a veteran, which is something that the Jets don't have at that position outside of Josh Johnson. But from the preseason, I think Mike White looked like the best quarterback um, outside of you know the, the limited play that Johnson had. Uh, so I, I would, if it were up to me, I think I would keep Johnson around. But Again, we, like we talked about with Piran, they might lean Morgan because he was a draft pick just a year ago where Josh Johnson they signed for cheap just a couple of weeks ago. So that, that goes to show you how GMs think sometimes. And my last thing, which is good because it's going to kind of lead into my second topic that I wanted to get into, the pass rush. I thought the pass rush looked solid, and I think that's going to be the strength of this defense going forward in this year. And when you're able to see the whole unit out there with, with Carl Lawson in the first game, it looked really exciting. They had like five sacks on the giants, but with Carl Lawson out, the jets needed to make an adjustment and sure they, they still have some quality on that defensive line, but I think they were lacking a really, you know, more of a true edge presence, which is what they got when trading for Shaq Lawson. So we'll transition and get into that. Now the jets gave up a sixth round pick. So a very, very late round swing, on someone who was a former 19th overall pick. Granted, it was 2016. It was a while ago, but he's still only 27 years old. And he's an okay player. He's not, you know, phenomenal. He's not going to replace Carl Lawson, but I think he could play a similar role to what Vinnie Curry was going to play on this team. Last year with Miami, four sacks. Uh, he then was traded to Houston, and then the Jets obviously traded for him. But 25 pressures, 14 quarterback knockdowns, and six hurries. I think he's effective in getting to the passer and disrupting the, yeah, the sack numbers might not be there, but pressures and quarterback knockdowns and hurries. It's, it's been there for the most part over the last couple of years. So um, it's a low risk move. I don't understand the people on the beat were acting like the jets gave up something more than a six for this guy. Like, I don't know. Yeah. We, I don't anticipate he's going to be like Carl Lawson, but can he play at the NFL level and give you something on the edge that wasn't on the roster? Yeah, probably. And he had three sixth round picks and used one of those three sixth rounders and got a body in here. It's fine. You weren't going to have another 11 person draft class in 2022, right? Yes. 2022. So you use an asset to help your team for this year and help evaluate other positions because if the pass rush wasn't getting home then the corners have no chance the linebackers and coverage have no chance safeties have no chances so you had to do something and i really like the move from joe douglas i think it was a shrewd move and i give him a lot of credit for it i think it was uh i think it's going to turn out to be a wise decision from joe douglas so we're going to get into the voicemails now just wanted those two quick things at the top here um we're going to start with matt 
calling in from Virginia, and he wants to talk about some preseason optimism. Hey, Mr. O'Leary, it's Matt Shel- Matt from up in Burlington, Vermont. Yep. And I just was watching your last podcast episode, and I just want to quickly say to Tim, the troll guy, uh, you can go pound salt for making fun of us for being excited about preseason. And I'm not even a big Zach Wilson guy. I was more of a Justin Fields guy, but... I'm coming around to the kid, and I want to, you know, really root for him and hope and pray that he breaks our horrible streak of bad to mediocre quarterback play. Now, that aside done, I just want to ask you, I might come down to New York City to watch the Jets-Dolphins game. i got a couple friends who are Dolphins fans, and they want to just, you know, take the trip down and go see some football. So, as a local, what would you do to watch that game like how would you spend a day in new york in new jersey watching the jets game like what what would you recommend for someone coming down for that weekend you know anyway i hope that all these trolls out there on twitter and the other spaces that you occupy aren't bugging you too much i know <laughs> Thank it's kind of hard when you're a content creator and you know you're putting your opinions out there and people decide that they can you know tee off on you because you know you have opinions and you think that you're right and you know try to take it easy man don't let them get to you i, I wish you the best of luck and uh go jets brother all right take care thank you matt appreciate it as always i agree i understand people um can sometimes get out of hand with their optimism and i'm not saying you know say this team's gonna win a super bowl and zach wilson's gonna throw for 50 touchdowns but i think it's okay to say hey our rookie quarterbacks looked good. I'm excited about that. I don't see what the big deal is there with that. As for coming down, so guys, going to the game or just going to watch it somewhere? Because um, if you're not going to the game, you're asking the wrong guy. I am someone, I don't go out to watch games. I can't do it. I don't like to miss plays. I don't. I like to be in my own house, in my own spot, watching each and every week. Um if I'm not at home, then I'm at the game. Um, there's really not in between. Like I don't even go over to a friend's house to watch the game. I can't, I just, I need to be in my spot. I'm very anal about it. And it's, it's one of my weird quirks, quirks. I don't know. However you pronounce it. Quirkiness, uh, that I have. Um, but if you're coming to New York, I would imagine that you'd probably want to go, you know, in, in the city and explore, there's a bunch of stuff you could do that. I'm not really, again, asking the wrong guy. I don't like to go into the city, but that's the thing that everyone seems to want to do when coming to New York, especially if they're not from the area. So, uh, I'm not going to be much of a help there, unfortunately, but if you go, if you want to go watch it somewhere, there's gotta be, you know, like a, a meet a jets meetup forum, um, of some kind where you could see, okay, what's a nice Jets bar to watch a game at? That would, I guess, be my recommendation for you. Uh, sorry about that, Matt. Let's get to Nick in New Jersey. He wants to talk some injuries. Hey, yo, Matt O'Leary. Nick again from New Jersey. Thank you for taking my calls, man. I love being a frequent caller now. Love it. Um, I just call in. I'm not going to say names, but I know injuries stink. You yes. know, we got a couple by now. And it's the season, you know, that's how we know it's NFL time. See, injuries pile up. And, you know, we deal with that year in, year out. But what happens every time that happens? Another man steps up. Yes, we hear that all the time, but we've seen it. When we needed wide receivers, 
who came in as Bryce Petty's wide receiver, an undrafted guy, Robbie Anderson. And for th- what, three years, we he was had a good run with us? You know, and we, Braxton Berrios, another guy last year, you know, we needed guys to come off the depth chart, make a trade, and he ends up performing and this year still showing some great chemistry. You know, having a linebacker go down, an edge rusher go down, it's not fun, but they drafted and prepared for this. You know, Green Bean just had a video saying that that's how we're beating this Jets curse, and it's true. You know, when we have Jamie and Sherwood and Hans and Dazzle-Dean, I am so excited for these two. You know, I think Nigel Dean can be very special. And I think, you know, Sherwood may be a little development under a really good linebacker coach right now. I think it's everything we need. You know, this is Robert Sala. This is a gentleman who just came from San Francisco who just overcame adversity. You know, I really think that this is how we come over to this Jet Church. We have the whole new medical staff, and this is, let's see what they got. You know, this is what puts I'm sorry, this is what puts Joe Douglas to the test, right? Is are we trusting the players we have? Are we trusting our health department? I think we can and I think we have very good players. I think we could do definitely a very good rotation. We have how many guys that can play DN? You know, you, um a name thrown in is gonna be Ronald Blair, but I think that's gonna mm-hmm. be Huffin. Curry, I could be wrong. Curry's still out, so we don't Lost, we can't yeah. say he's going to be the guy there. But I think John Franklin Myers is going to solidify his job, and he's a heavier guy. Maybe he won't be there in passing downs. We'll see a combination of Curry. It's going to be fun. I think Robert Sal is going to find a way. I think Jeff Ulbrich are going to find a way. Um, not to be this guy, but I don't think we should really trade for anybody. You know, if we do, bring in another second-tier guy to rotate. But I I don't see it. I'm sorry. I think I think the funny part is no quarterback couldn't be able to step up in our pocket because there's no pocket to step up in, like Jeff Oberg said. So it's all about setting the edge. You know, can we set the edge? You know, I don't think we played too many running quarterbacks this year. So it's gonna run out are we second. really going to be worried about them escaping the pocket? I mean, we faced Josh Allen. Okay. These calls cut off at three minutes, by the way. Not on my end. I'm from Google Voice. So um, let's keep that in mind when making these calls. Um, okay. Let's try to break this down. Yes, this team has faced a, a ton of injuries, unfortunately, especially in the week of Green Bay. Carl Lawson, done for the year. Vinnie Curry, done for the year. Denzel Mims, banged up. Sheldon Rankins, banged up. Makai Becton, banged up. Um, the stuff, it happens, unfortunately. But if you put yourself in a position when you have some depth, great. And for this specific instance at the edge position, the Jets need this to be strong, the pass rush to be strong in order to survive defensively. Sal will tell you that. Ulbrich will tell you that. That's the plan. That's why they went out and got a freak like Carl Lawson. He got hurt. If he didn't get hurt, a big year was upon him. Vinnie Curry. Yes, he's up there in age, but one of the more efficient pass rushers. Shaq Lawson, while the numbers aren't phenomenal, he's proven to be a pretty effective pass rusher when given the opportunity. And those sack numbers could rise this year with the with other players that he's playing with. I like Bryce Huff. I like John Franklin Myers. Huff was an undrafted free agent last year. So putting him in any kind of a role that's not a rotational player this year is putting him in a position to fail. I don't think he's ready for that kind of a role. 
And with John Franklin Myers, I think he's very, very good. But this is the first time that he's kicking outside. He's not really an edge, like your prototypical edge guy. So I wanted someone else on the other side who is like a known quantity. We know what Shaq Lawson is. And he's an, you know, an okay to good edge. So I'm excited about this move. Honestly, I really am. Thank you, Nick, for calling in with your thoughts. We're going to get into the next call. Robert calling in from Tennessee wants to talk some Wilson. Hey, Matt, this is Robert from uh, Morristown, Tennessee again. Uh, just calling in. And uh, uh, it's amazing how uh, um, two uh, uh, NFL preseason games that uh, all these uh, an- analysts are changing their mind about Zach Wilson. Even the elephant in the room, Colin Coward, changed his mind and everything about him and stuff. And I've even heard a, p- a couple of people say he's next Dan Marino. So uh, uh, go Jets. And uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on that, on how everybody changed their mind about him uh, at the two preseason games. And the Jets are uh, looking pretty good. Uh, go Jets. Have a good day. Thank you, Robert, for calling in and checking in with us here. Um, I I do think it's a bit much for people to completely be going back on whatever their take was pre-draft if Colin Coward's doing that. Uh, It just shows you what you should, I guess, believe or don't believe him. Um, Saying that he's going to be Dan Marino after two preseason games is also a stretch. Again, I don't want to be the fun police here saying what you should or shouldn't do. I think you have every right to be excited and say, okay, there's a legitimate chance that this guy could be a really good quarterback for our team. To say that he is going to you know, be a top five quarterback this year and be Dan, the next Dan Marino or win X amount of Super Bowls or the Jets are going to the playoffs this year or winning a Super Bowl this year, it's like, pump the brakes on that. Can we just be excited about having an offense that's not bottom five in the league? Can we start with that first? That would be a very optimistic step in my book, and I will take that. Speaking of overreacting, this is we're on a roll here. Owen from Maine wants to get into uh, overreacting from the fans. Hey, Matt. This is Owen calling from Maine. I love your show. First time calling in. Thank you. Um, mine's more of a comment. I'm just saying the green-white scrimmage, everyone freaked out over Zach Wilson. He's a total bus, should have taken Justin Fields. Now after two preseason games, all of a sudden he's going to be our savior. Um, I just want you to remind the Jets fans one more time that they overreact because inevitably during the season he'll have a bad game. People will freak out. So yeah. thank you, and I hope you take this call. Yeah, it's the – and thank you, Owen. You're 100% right. People are going to overreact. They want to be either A, proven right, or B, just have these unrealistic expectations. They're, spoiler alert, there are going to be games where he doesn't look good. He might have a multi-interception game. Like, that's, that happens to young quarterbacks in the NFL. And there's going to be weeks where he looks phenomenal. Maybe throws for 300-plus yards, a couple of touchdowns, they hang 35 on somebody, like, and that's going to be fun. But the whole flip-flopping of this guy sucks, they should have took Justin Fields to, he's, you know, the next Joe Namath, it's, it, it's a bit much. It's a bit much for me. So let's pump the brakes and just enjoy the ride. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. There's no denying it. In just about every single rookie quarterback's career, almost every single time, it fluctuates. 
very rarely is someone coming in and they look phenomenal right from the get-go, right from the start. It's so rare. And it's unless he plays like garbage for all 17 games, then okay, maybe you worry. But still at that point, say, all right, what do we have to do going into 2022 now to help this guy? But I don't think that's going to be the case. Like I said, 17 games, there'll probably be, I don't know, 10 games where he looks pretty good, four games where he looks phenomenal, and three games where he looks completely lost. That's just the nature of the beast. That's how it goes. So I'm going to have to say, chill out. I think that's going to be the theme for Jeff fans this year. Jeremy is calling up next. He wants to talk about the impact of Carl Lawson's injury. Hey, Matt, it's Jeremy. Hey, man, perfect day here in Sacramento. Hey, it's probably hot and humid over there, and I know you probably have the air conditioner running. Oh, yeah. Don't stay too close to it, though, okay? You breathe in the air conditioning, I think you get, like, a cold or something. You, know, you might want to keep your distance. Maybe you have central air. I don't know. Hey, anyway, I have a question uh, for you. Uh it's about um, everybody's talking about uh, defensive ends, Carl Lawson. Do we get another one? Forget all that. Like, um, push that aside for a second. I have a bigger and deeper concern. I don't know much about this injury. I don't know about many players who have had it and come back and what they've been like. Is there any hope he comes back at 100%? I mean, is this something that might threaten everything he's going to be? Because I'm super excited to get him back for 2022, especially if we draft another edge and have two. Um, my big concern is, did we just lose out on everything he was going to be? Um, mm-hmm. And do you just have any information about that, about recovery, and if there's just any hope that he's going to be what he looked like he was going to be um, in practice leading up to the injury? Anyway, that's. Uh, hope you have a good week. That's my question. Bye. Thank you, Jeremy. Very thoughtful question, as always, here. Um, Everyone's recovery is a little bit different, so it's hard to give a definite answer. I was reading up on um, Achilles injuries before the show today um, in in preparation for this question because I knew it was coming. And basically what I found was that everyone's body kind of reacts differently. But what I can tell you is it's about 11 months recovery time. um, And there's a chance that it can go either way. I would put it at like, I think they were saying somewhere around the 70% mark of full recovery. Um, But it's tough. There's not really a good comparison because you could, of those 30% or 35%, let's say, who don't make a full recovery and aren't playing, well, were there other factors involved with that or was it just because of the injury? Like, was it because they were getting the surgery at 31 and not 25? Like, there's, again, there's a lot of factors here. So I wouldn't say that it's a definite that he's going to come in and be the player that he looked like he was going to be this year. But I also am not going to say like he's not going to be the same guy again. I, I don't know. There's no way to really tell, unfortunately. I think they're just going to have to take it slow with the recovery. And around this time next year, come back and make a run at it. He's very, very talented. and he And he stays in really good shape, too. He's in phenomenal shape. He stretches. He's with the trainers. It was a, it was a freak injury. It happens sometimes. It really stinks, but it, it happens. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and worry that he's going to be, you know, just unusable in 2022. But at the same time, I can't say confidently in full confidence and tell you that everything's going to be fine. We don't know. 
There is no way to tell, unfortunately, Jeremy. Last calls from James in New Jersey. He wants to talk about the loss in trade. Let's hear from him. Does he like it? Matty O. Yep. James in New Jersey. What's going on, boss? So first of all, business. One, the Hail Mary by the Captain Morgan himself. Unfreaking believable. I cannot cool. believe that happened, man. Uh, great stuff by Captain Morgan. Who knows, though? He's probably not making team or he's going to be practicing. Well, what happens? Good for him. Show some stuff. Second order of business. Kenny Yaboa. I thought he eventually got cut because after that fumble against the Giants and he wasn't making a lot of noise during the preseason, I thought he would have been, you know, cut as undrafted free agent. But he might be on the team. We'll see what happens. Third order of business. Thank you very, very much for using my uh, my phone call as part of your Jets, Jets clips. I appreciate that, they don't make me feel uh, a significant part of your call. But anyway, I'm just going to But appreciate you, man. Sure. Um, you know, hey, I think, you know, we're on the right path now with this Shaq Lawson trade. I just got uh, the information, so we'll see what happens. I know he's from Clemson originally, but tell me what your opinion is on this trade. I know we didn't we didn't give a lot of draft capital for him, so it's pretty much a, I guess, a low-risk, uh, high reward potentially. I don't yep. know. I'm not the guy here. That's why I call you. But uh, what do you think of this uh, trade? Let me know what you think, man. Thanks again for using me part of your Jets uh, Jets clips for the positivity about the Jets, and things are looking great. Anyway, go Jets. Thank you again, Matt. Talk to you soon. Really appreciate it. As always, James, good catching up there. Um, I really like this Lawson deal a lot because as you said you took the words out of my mouth when i was listening to the call the first thing i thought was low risk potential high reward and again don't have the expectation that he's going to come in and be carl lawson he's probably going to be a rotational guy but he's at least at minimum a steady edge who you can trust in these situations and putting him out in pass rushing situations he's an effective pass rusher Look it up. He, he 25 pressures, 14 quarterback knockdowns, six hurries. I know the sack numbers don't jump off the page. His career high in sacks, I believe, is six and a half. But they don't necessarily need him to do that. They just need him to disrupt and get in the backfield. And I, I, I think the Jets desperately needed a veteran presence after losing Carl Lawson, after losing Vinnie Curry. Sure, Sheldon Rankins is that on the interior, but on that edge... Tron Franklin Myers is pretty inexperienced on that side. We know he's a good pass rusher, but can it translate out when he kicks out like that? Bryce Huff, again, I talked about it earlier. I, I, I love the kid. I think he has some potential here, but I don't know if you can say, all right, you're going to be our every down edge on the other side. Like, I don't know. I don't think that's fair on him either. So getting in a veteran who at minimums played on some you know solid defenses in his career, I'm totally down. And for a six-rounder, I mean, come on. The Jets had three six-rounders in this up, upcoming draft. Even if, like, let's say worst-case scenario, Lawson's not that good, and they end up at some point in the year cutting him, all right, it costs you a sixth and very little against the cap. I don't know. It's a reasonable swing to try to put a Band-Aid on a problem. That's it. I know it's not flashy, but I think it's a, a solid move from Douglas. So... That's going to do it for me. Last episode. Well, no, I was going to say last episode before the regular season, but that's not true because the Jets don't play until the 12th. So there's time. There absolutely is time. By the way, if you haven't heard, uh, I mentioned it on the channel and on social media, but 
I will be in attendance with Green Bean for the home opener. So we're going to have some more info for you on that and what we're doing and what we're planning. But just wanted to put that out there again. So if you're interested, we'll try to do meetups in the parking lot, hang out with you guys. It should be a blast. So that's going to do it for me on episode 81 of Just Jets. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get the podcast, and I'll talk to you next time.